The human spirit is unconquerable. We are individuals and we are sovereign, born with unlimited potential, gifted from our creator. Our mission is to break free from the systems that bind us. I volunteer as tribute. We strive for peace and prosperity and overcome all challenges, roadblocks, and obstacles. We are empowered because we think for ourselves and we act for ourselves. We are self-reliant and independent, but guided by the wisdom of those who share our values. What possible difference can I make? There is no government, no ruler, nor ideas that are able to stop us. We are driven to succeed because we seek political freedom, financial freedom, and spiritual freedom. It's all for nothing if you don't have freedom. This is Mike Corbell, and you are listening to The Invictus Mind. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Invictus Mind. This is your host, Mike Corbell. I'm sorry for not having an episode last week. I know if you listened two weeks ago, you had a chance to learn a little bit more about me where I said I wanted to be able to provide more value when I don't have a guest. And lo and behold, at the last minute, the interview I had prepared last week backed out on me and, well, I'm sorry, I just couldn't deliver on time. But if you came back today, I appreciate that and I have a great show lined up for you. And if you are returning, you'll notice that I put together a brand new intro. I've been playing around with some royalty-free music so I don't get sued. And even though I am friends with this singer and he did give me permission to use his song for my intro last time, the truth is I was just bored with it. So we're just going to try this thing for a while and see how it works. If you are brand new to hearing the Invictus Mind, you're probably like, I have no idea what this guy's talking about. Just get to the good stuff. If that's the case, I do want to thank you for tuning in and hopefully letting you become entertained. Today I invited a guest who I know is a lot more hardcore with his language than I am, but I like him and I wanted to have a conversation with him anyway. I didn't edit any cursing out because frankly, that's just stupid. So just put on your big boy pants and enjoy this adult conversation. If you do listen to me with your kids around, this is your last warning for explicit content. Maybe skip this show and come back next week. But before we get started, I wanted to let you know that I have been working on some affiliate marketing and building a funnel to link some of the great products I like, and I anticipate having them done by next week. I'd actually like to make some money. Did you think I wanted to do this thing for free? In the meantime, you can check out the videos I created for the episodes on my Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Michael underscore Corbell. And feel free to throw me a couple bucks. I do appreciate that. And as always, you can rate this show on Apple Podcasts, leave me a review, and let me know what you like and what you don't. Also, feel free to send me an email at michael at theinvictusmind.com. Leave any show ideas you want, comments, or to be a guest. That's it for now, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. Today on the show with me, I want to welcome a man who, if you are a libertarian and a podcast junkie like me, you should recognize as the one who gives you the weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty. His podcast, called Electric Liberty Land, is one of three that are part of the Lions of Liberty Network. Along with his podcast, he's also the creator and writer of the satirical libertarian superhero, Do Nothing Man, whose adventures with sidekick Logic Lad can be found in his show as well as on YouTube. I didn't, yeah. tell, <laughs> I didn't tell Sorry Brian. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm just excited you mentioned Do Nothing Man. Okay, go, go. Keep going, man. Keep going. Keep adoration. More adoration. No problem. I didn't tell Brian exactly what we'd be talking about today, 
But since he was so generous and let me record a podcast with him, I figured I'd get to know him a little bit and have him tell his story. His name is Brian McWilliams. How are you doing today, Brian? I am great. As I was just telling you, you know, I, I, uh, Mike and I had his time set up on like Friday of this week recording. I missed it because I'm an idiot. Totally forgot. So we rescheduled now to a Sunday. We're recording us a Sunday afternoon my time. I am a big Eagles fan. And I don't know, are you a football fan? Do you watch, are you a sports guy? I was. I watched the Bears, but uh, this year I can't stomach having no crowds and artificial crowd noise on the TV. So It is very annoying. Uh, but at least you're probably – it's interesting. A lot of libertarians, I feel like, aren't necessarily into sports. But I am, you are. So I'm a big Eagles guy. I was watching the game. It was crazy. We were down early, getting blown out, came back, almost went to overtime. So I'm a little, a little drunk, little tips, little tips. But as you know, on brand for me. All right. Very good. Well, so Brian – I've done, about 40, I've done about 43 episodes, and I want to thank you for apologizing because right after I hung up the phone when you didn't show up, I was recording my own episode, just ripping you to shreds for blowing me off on a podcast. holes in the wall. Yeah, I know, man. I know. And I was recording a podcast, anticipating your podcast. I recorded a podcast after I missed it, ripping you a new asshole. I was like, Fuck that guy that I've never <laughs> spoken with and his podcast. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Well, I'm not as popular as you are. I've done about 44 of these episodes, but, uh, you know, I wanted to give a chance to get to know you. The reason why I love podcasting, Brian, is because if we see the world just fall to hell, I want to know people all across the country to, to go hang out with. Although I understand <laughs> you're in California. I'll probably never go visit you out there because oh. I hate that communist state. Dude, it's brutal out here. And I, I have a little bit of hope, though. Like, I mentioned this on one of my shows, but I was talking to my friends who are ultra-liberal, which is most of my friends out here are ultra-liberal. You can't avoid them. And I swear to God, his daughter, who's uh, just turning 16, hates Kamala Harris, hates Joe Biden, and I have hope for the next generation. Like, I was, there's this dude on uh, TikTok. You know the TikToks these kids are into. So he's on TikTok, though. And he's making all these freedom videos, like very pro-liberty, pro-freedom, anti-socialist nonsense. And I'm like, you know what? In truth, the next generation, even coming up in California, may have hope. <laughs> I'm not saying to visit me now, but, you know, in 10 years, man, this might be a, a tolerable state again. Well, I've been out there about a dozen times, and it's a beautiful country, but uh, I just can't stand the government out there. So, But I'm in Illinois, so it's not much worse. Or not much better, you mean? Not much better. <laughs> yeah, either way you look at it. Because <laughs> so. Illinois was like bankrupt, right? Like it wasn't one of the states was like Democrat run forever. And well, of course, Lori Lightfoot, you got her as, you know, ruling over Chicago and uh, all the murders every single weekend. Yeah, otherwise known as Beetlejuice. <laughs> Perfect time with Halloween. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm not actually in the city, so I get my own uh, suburbs to deal with. But uh, we do have uh, J.B. Prisker out here. And uh, he's holding out to let everyone take off the mask once Trump gives him some money. So we'll see how that goes. So he's literally holding you all hostage is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Son of a bitch. Brian, I remember listening to uh, Pete Quinones. I had him on my show not too long ago. But uh, as I was checking uh, out what to talk to you about, uh, I, I listened to the show you were on with him. And he calls mm -hmm. you his brother from another mother. If, if uh, your parents were a combination of, uh, what did he say, Richard Pryor? <laughs> it was Richard Pryor and Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I, think I think not to go into race, but I think I'd be slightly darker if that was the case. But yeah, man, you know, I know Pete and I have a, uh, an affinity. We both speak our minds, and uh, I think I do it a little bit more than him. He doesn't curse as much as he should. I, I want to call Pete out publicly and tell him to curse more often and more vociferously as I do. But, yeah, Pete's great, man. And, uh, you know, it's, 
it's one of those things where we're seeing people uh, like Pete's really come up and like gotten a great following, which I love. So it's good seeing people that you like that or you, know, you think you're doing a good job really get some attention. And you know, one thing in the lines of liberty we've been talking about for years is you know trying to inspire people. Like I, I did this whole episode, I think it was my it actually might have been my hundredth show, but telling people like get out there, like do something, like try to inspire somebody. I mean, you're doing it with this with Invictus telling people to start something, get their voice out there, not be shy and try to inspire others because you do see how it happens. I mean, you know, we've had people come on board and, and get interested in libertarianism from us. Like Dave Smith's doing it. Tom Woods is doing it. And it's like, even if it's tricky, even if you don't have that big an audience, you don't know who you're, 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 uh, you're, you're actually attracting. You don't know how many people you're reaching. So it's important that people start either podcasts or newsletters or, or just whatever's going to get the message out and we see mainstream media is horse shit. So that clearly is not the way. So, you know, like stuff like this is, is great, man. Memes, like pizza, a meme warrior. That's, you know, like that's what built his, his cachet up, you know? Like he is a memer and memes are powerful now. Right, right. Well, Brian, I'm just trying to get my voice out there and uh, I don't have a niche as uh, you being in marketing, understand what that means. I just kind of talk <laughs> to people. And <laughs> so uh, I'm all things libertarian, but uh, I also have a, t uh, a twinge on it. You know, I like to talk about political freedom, financial freedom, and, and, and I throw a little spirituality in there for, for people who don't, uh, you know, don't get offended by that kind of stuff. But I'm free. I don't get offended. I, you know, I'll, I'll mock you off the air, but I don't get offended. No, I'm just kidding. It's, <laughs> I, I'm all good. Well, it's like anything, man. Look, you know, spirituality, uh, religion, everything, whatever you're going to believe, man, that's your biz. It's like as libertarians, Christianity, there's a lot of libertarian Christians for a reason. They overlap. There's a lot of Buddhists that are Christians that overlap. And they can work because Buddhism has a lot of libertarianism. And, it, and that leave people alone. Don't fuck with them. Yep. They're fine. So, yeah, man, I don't mind it. You can preach to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you seven words. Don't hurt me. Don't take my stuff. How about that? Amen. That's a good prayer. That's what everybody should be staying in church. Awesome. Well, Brian, why don't you tell me a little bit about your story? Tell my audience uh, how uh, you got started with Lions of Liberty. I understand that you and Mark Clare and John Orderman all went to college together, correct? That is correct. We all went to Penn State, and uh, none of us were libertarians back then. We were, uh, I don't know, I guess I was kind of in the middle. Uh, I know John was definitely Republican. Uh, Mark, I, Mark was definitely on the left side of things, and... Yeah, coming out of Penn State, I mean, none of us were, were extra political. I mean, Howie, we call him the godfather of the Lions of Liberty because he went, he actually was very involved in politics. He actually, in, you know, was, he was like a, a page in Washington, D.C. He met Ron Paul in person and was very inspired. And that's how we got into this whole thing is how he came out of that, told us, you know, Mark Claire especially, told him like, look, you got to look into this guy. It's amazing. So we start to look into him and, and, you know, we're out here for a few years, not really that political, but then Ron Paul, man, Ron Paul, 2008 comes out, blows the doors off, fall in love with the guy. You know, Mark and I are actually campaigning door to door. The most frustrating thing I've ever done, by the way, because everybody loved Ron's message. You go knock on doors and they go, oh yeah, I love that guy. He's not going to win. Not going <laughs> to vote for him. Great. Great. Good morals on you for voting somebody that's, that you don't like. Uh, instead of the guy that you, you appreciate because you believe he won't win. Like, like think about how ridiculous that is. Well, that's okay. So, in, in 2008, I was on the Mitt Romney train. So uh, I, I, had oh, to, boy. I, I had to repent of that. So but you, had then, the, you had the hairstyle and everything going. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, guys, guys smiley from Sesame Street. So yeah. Oh, my God. Exactly. I never thought of that. Totally dead on. 
<laughs> so, that's what, so that's what got, having a daughter will have for you. You, 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 you <laughs> got cartoon characters and all your political figures. So, Oh, I got it. I got an eight month old daughter now, man. She's too young to get in the cartoons, but uh, soon enough and, and uh, Sesame street, but yeah, man. So like that inspired us. We, we started uh, the Lions of Liberty website and started writing a lot of articles. So, you know, at that time, podcasts weren't that big, but we were writing a lot of content about Ron Paul and libertarian viewpoints, which is interesting. We just launched a new website, but that content's still there, but it's at lionsofliberty.com. You can check it out. But all that old stuff, it's interesting how you kind of evolve over time. But at the same time, there was a site called Daily Paul. And I don't know, at this point, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, because it went away, I think about 2016 or maybe earlier. But we'd post there and like, you know, it's funny, like Dave Smith that talks about how he, he would read our articles on Daily Paul, you know, back in the day. And we did that. Mark started this podcast up and then it quickly became apparent that podcasting was the future. You know, we got good reads on our articles and kind of got republished in certain places, but we focused on the podcast. Mark did a great job, you know, growing that up. Then we added on Felony Friday with John Odermatt focusing solely on justice reform and incredibly interesting show. He's had one death row inmates the last few weeks. Um, I came in last, you know, I was just uh, trailing along and then I figured, you know, we need something hilariously i thought more approachable right mm -hmm. so i was like i should come in and i'm a you know i did stand up for a while and said i could come in and kind of be funny and i do some current event stuff and i'll make it approachable to the common man just me riffing and joking but i'll talk about libertarianism but you know i'm an angry guy and and, and as such you know i started off doing one show and it quickly evolved into me ranting and raving about uh things from a libertarian perspective and getting pissed off every week but you know it's still fun and and people still uh, seem to enjoy it and so yeah now we got our variety show format and you know we've grown pretty large most people know who we are which is great but uh like anything there's still work to be done you know it's like joe jorgensen's pulling at one percent right now so you know we need to reach more people uh, it, not us but just everybody well, I have to interject. I'm not a really big fan of the libertarian Big L party there. I, yeah. I, I actually yeah. met my wife through the party, but. Uh, um, <laughs> Is that why? You're like, I met this horrible woman through the libertarian party. Oh, well, she's great. You throw your wife under the bus, Michael. <laughs> she, she, she always tells me that we met at the libertarian parade. I said, no, no, we left. We met at the 4th of July parade. We actually, I was part of the, uh, one of the local chapters here in Illinois, and she was part of a different chapter. And we just got together. We started marching and uh, waving the, the libertarian flag. But it only I'm took impressed about that there were two chapters of libertarians anywhere, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> that, 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 that just blew my mind. But, you know, it's fun. So I have a bet with some of the people in that party that uh, Joe Jurgensen is going to get about 1%, like you said. You know, they're, they're, they're banking on yeah. more than four or five that uh, Gary Johnson did, but I, I, don't, I just don't think the messaging is there this year. Well, I agree, man. And like, what do you, I mean, what's your problem with the big, the big L? Like, hey, tell me what you're thinking about the Libertarian Party, and I'll, and I'll give you my thoughts. Well, as any Libertarian knows, you're only about six months from anarchy, right? <laughs> Hopefully. It's so a dream. <laughs> And so as I've evolved in my political ideology, I think that uh, I just realized that playing in the sandbox is just not where I want to be. Mm. And so I think just a, maybe it was Leonard Reed or something I read a long time ago that said that the, the Libertarian Party itself just doesn't make sense. They, they go around telling everybody how to get out of government and government's no good, but yet they want to play in a sandbox and try to get somebody in there to, uh, yeah. you know, to rule over us. And, you know, and we all know that libertarians are not going to win the election or anything like that. So it's more about messaging. But um, I just think they well, fall short in many of their messages. 
Yeah, I oh well, that you just hit the nail on the head for me. I mean, we had uh, we hosted a debate between uh, Angela McCardle, who's the uh, the chair of the LP party in Los Angeles, and I love Angela. I think she won the debate because she was debating um, uh, Theo from uh, crowdfunded government. And in my opinion, like I I agree with what you're saying in a way, in that it's interesting as libertarians to try to play in the same political sphere, like you said, in the sandbox, and try to win in that world when we're really the most important thing is spreading the idea of liberty and it's hard to get ahead when you're trying to do that and at the same time like a lot of libertarian candidates they, they're saying like some people are arguing run for gop like ron paul did right i mean the obviously the most influential libertarian i think of my lifetime uh ran as a republican but at the same time i can understand the need for the lp but to your point the messaging has been atrocious. Like Joe Jorgensen's messaging as far as they're trying to cater to the people that really would have zero interest in them, you know? And, and we're talking about people that are like social justice warriors, the messaging around Black Lives Matter, even, and I riffed them on my show about this, Kamala Harris comes in the race, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of the first thing Jorgensen doing on her Twitter feed, instead of ripping her a new asshole for being a cop, for being draconian in her uh, in her keeping people in jail when there's evidence out uh, the drug or anything you could attack her on she instead goes it's good to see another female in the race so it's not just a vice presidential boys club <laughs> number one who gives a shit about that stupid message and number two anybody that is going to be voting for a female candidate just because they're a female candidate would look at number one hillary clinton already ran and number two they're going to look at you, the LP candidate. You should be owning this. If anything, you should say, I am running for president. She's running for vice president. But if they're going to vote for a female candidate based on that, why would they roll the dice with the libertarian pulling at 1% rather than just voting for Kamala Harris? And you've just said, it's great she's in. Go women. So they're going to be like, okay, cool. Well, I'll just vote for her. It's it just none of it makes any sense. Right. Dave, uh, Dave Smith always says that uh, they're catering to the woke, the woke crowd. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they, they aren't. That's what they're doing. And it literally, I, I mean, it, like you said, I do marketing, I do public relations, I do branding. From a messaging perspective, from a pure logic perspective, you're trying to woo the least likely people. Like I have in my life converted maybe 10 super liberals. You know, I can tell them points that they are agree. They'll agree with me on every single point I make to them about poverty, about spending, about whatever it is. At the end of the day, they still don't vote for libertarians. They still vote for Democrats because they're, they're religious. I can convert conservatives half the time. So why are we trying to appeal, especially in the age of Trump, with never Trumpers out there, why are we not trying to appeal to the people that are more likely to vote for us and then try to win on specific issues that we, like the drug war, like justice reform, owning stuff that we already do own. We have the only openly gay chair that I know of ever in a political party in uh, Joe Bishop Henchman, who I did not support, by the way, but still, Openly gay chairman for the Libertarian Party, the third largest party in the United States. Where's the media coverage? Where's the message on that? Non-existent. Exactly. Stupid. Stupid. Well, not to mention that Joe Jerkinson is about as charismatic as a rock, so. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Uninspiring, boring, boring candidate. I mean, I, yeah, man, I just, I don't get it. And I understood, like, you know, Spike got in there. He also, I had a lot of issues with his messaging because he, he, he embraces the left even more than Joe. If you're going to run, like, I, I don't get the dynamic either there. It's like you got a guy that's very much out there, like out there, out there. Even uh, 
and a lot of what he does online. And then you're pairing him with the conservative, as far as the outside looking in, like a uh, professor of, I think, philosophy, right? Or uh, is it philosophy? Well, anyway, whatever, a lecturer at Clemson. So she's got some academic credentials she's put together. And then to vote in a guy that w makes no sense to pair her with and try to present this thing of like, okay, you got a boring kind of curmudgeonly mom over here. And then this zany guy out there to the right over there, all you're doing is saying, okay, ignore this boring person. And this guy's going to give you a lot of shit to go after. I mean, it's it just, none of this, none of what happens makes sense. And granted, as libertarians, we're voting them in, you know, vice president and president, you're voting them in, but it functionally doesn't make sense. And the pragmatic party really pushed Joe Jorgensen and kind of you know, pressured this to happen. And at the end of the day, it's going to harm us because at least a guy like, um, ah, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. It was my own candidate I was supporting. Uh, Vermin Supreme, are you talking about? You know, I did, I did support Vermin Supreme, and I'm actually glad now that he didn't win because he's gone very left. No, um, oh, my God, Jacob Hornberger. Oh, Hornberger, yeah, of course. Yeah. So Hornberger right now, looking back in hindsight, I think would have been by far a better candidate because he is, he would have been unabashedly out there. He would have been hammering the issues. He's good in a debate. I think Jorgensen, they're trying to get her in, hashtag let her speak. Fine. In a debate, I think she'd be awful. I think she'd get crushed. Right, right. Interesting. So I, uh, <laughs> I mentioned uh, Do Nothing Man earlier, and you were really excited about that, but uh, I haven't seen a new <laughs> episode of that uh, for a while. Oh, you see, retired or what? You son of a bitch. No, I, I'll tell you what happened. I'm working on right, right now, I'm working on a new, a new issue or a new episode, I should say, and it's going to come out before Halloween because it's themed. I'll tell you the title it's uh, The Masquerading Marxists, right? And it's got to be obviously about Black Lives Matter and the masquerade of Halloween. So I'm working on it now, and uh, I know it sucks it's taking so long to come out, although I did confirm that uh, we've got a very special guy narrating it uh, from the Lava Flow podcast, if you remember that show at all, but Roger Paxton will be doing the narration on this episode. But the problem is, man, I had a, a baby. You know, it's wow. like I, I got this eight-month-old baby. It's hard to find time to do these extra things on top of uh, the regular show. And I got that side podcast Bravo and beer I'm doing now. Do you want, do, have you, do you watch reality TV by the way? Not really. I try not Good. to turn Good the TV on at all. <laughs> Good for you. Well, again, the, this is tied in the baby. I started a podcast with Oder, John Odermatt from Filmy Friday and uh, Rico, another line of Liberty, because when I had like, when the baby was coming, I watched all this reality shit TV with my wife and now I'm in the world. So it's a podcast for, uh, for men about reality tv but yeah don't worry do you like man's coming i uh i love the concept and i think we're gonna try to get it animated soon like have you listened to all the back episodes of it or are you just uh i've listened to like two of them I, I, when i first came out i think i listened to episode one or two and then i listened to seven recently the last one okay okay yeah because the way I, the way i was trying to do it for our uh, our listeners that are on our patreon is like i put out an old episode as the new episode comes out so there are actually probably about two or three episodes you haven't heard that exist, but I haven't released them to the public because I haven't created a new episode for the Patreon yet. But don't worry, guys. Do Nothing Man's coming. He's going to save your souls. Uh, check him out. Do Nothing Man on YouTube and Facebook. And uh, he's a beautiful thing. Well, I just <laughs> thought I'd ask you that since you said you were a comedian. And, you know, I, I like that you bring uh, fun to liberty. That's one of your taglines on your website right there. So. Yeah, man. Well, that's what, like the speaking topics is make liberty uh, fun again. Like, and also just like libertarians should be owning comedy. Like think about 
every comedy like have you watched the daily show did you ever watch the daily show back with john stewart it was awesome yeah it was amazing right i mean even if you're not a leftist agree i'm like he made great points he had ron paul on he liked ron paul he was a fair guy and he was hilarious have you watched it any time in the last you know during the trump era cringeworthy bullshit just like the lamest jokes like a joke that any any house marm could write about donald trump is what's now airing on tv it's disgusting how we're being preached at and all comedy has kind of evolved into the shit and we're getting cringy comedy or people terrified of telling a joke because they might get canceled so libertarians need to own comedy you know and see like we're standing for free speech we want you to be able to say what you and know that if you make a joke it doesn't define you right Mm-hmm. But you need to make that because what's going to challenge power more than humor? Well, absolutely. I'm thinking of the best of the best, right? George Carlin. I don't know if he called himself yeah. a libertarian, but he made some great points and he was funny as hell. He probably would call himself a libertarian today. And I'll tell you another guy. I mean, I, I bring him up all the time, but Lenny Bruce. Mm-hmm. So Lenny Bruce was way back when, back in, it's got to be the 40s or the 50s. But Lenny Bruce, he got arrested multiple times. I mean, he was really, you know, we talk about uh, legends in the civil rights movement for, uh, for black America. Lenny Bruce was for comedians, you know, the Martin Luther King. He went out there and he had a, He had his comedy. He thought he told what he thought was funny. They might be sexist jokes. They might be dirty jokes. They might be sex jokes. They might be whatever it was. He went out and he told his comedy and crowds loved it. But all these local States and all these, you know, they said, no, nope, that you're, you're breaking all the laws as far as, what can and can be said in public. This is uh, indecent behavior. This is vulgarity in public. He kept on doing it. He kept getting arrested. He kept getting beaten up by cops. He kept on doing it. That's what I'm talking about for comedy, man. And all these fucking, you know, leftist comedians that are kowtowing and, and adopting leftist rhetoric and talking about, you know, telling you to wear your fucking mask. Pathetic. Like, it's mm-hmm. disgusting. And we need more libertarians. And, and maybe we don't have enough funny people because I talk about this, like libertarians... I don't know, you know, maybe some of us are, are rare breeds, but we need more people that are looking at it from a logic perspective, which is what we're good at, right? And then twisting. This is why Pete does a good job with the memes, you know? Like, we need more people that are going to look at it and say, what, liber- what comedy is supposed to be is you look at the, the truth of the matter, and then you find the funny in it. Like, when you start to reverse engineer it and try to preach a fucking point, it doesn't work, which is why I don't do a lot of libertarian comedy, even when I was doing stand-up more often. It doesn't work because people know you're being preached to. But mm-hmm. if you find the truth of it and then make that funny, because the truth is fucking funny, man, especially now. God, look at what we're living in. The truth is hilarious in this goddamn 1984 authoritarian COVID world. But you see all these other communities not doing it. We need more libertarians to take that step. Just like with podcasting, man, take that step. Maybe you're funnier than you know. Take a risk. Tell a fucking joke. Don't let other people do it. Don't, you know, don't rely on me and, and Dave. And I mean, we know Tom Woods isn't going to do it. Incredibly <laughs> unfunny, Tom. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you still need to have intellectual people. And, you know, I'm not a comedian by any chance, but I do have a sense of humor. So I play yeah, a comedian well, on TV. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, maybe that's part of the problem, too, is like a lot of libertarians, you know, we get that rap for not caring about the poor, right? And I just had this guy, I was talking about grandstanding, and uh, he has a book, uh, Justin Tosi was just on my show. But I called him out because he had this excerpt in the book. It's like, well, libertarians, uh, you know, getting together to talk about how they don't care about the poor. And I was like, first off, that's bullshit. But intellectually, I think we get that rap because we look at things, and it can come across as a little bit 
uh, uncaring, but it's not because we don't care. It's because we're looking at the results, you know, the incentives, what's going to actually work, what's not going to work. And it can come across as unfeeling when you say, no, we're not going to fund this because people are just going to abuse it. But at the same time, and when it comes to comedy, yeah, a lot, a lot of people that are a little bit more introspective and a little logic-based maybe don't have the zany humor. But at the same time, look at Monty Python, man. They were very intelligent people. Dry humor is still humor. There's got to be some logic libertarians out there that can put out some very goddamn dry humor that's going to make you roll over in your, uh, well, in your grave now that we're roll, all rolling our graves after dying of COVID. <laughs> I, think, I guess that's why uh you know the lines of liberty is so successful because you have three different perspectives and a little bit of everything yeah i mean it, it definitely helps um it's it's interesting though it's it you know doing a libertarian podcast for a while it's interesting to see what works and work and what doesn't work um you know for me it's funny like a lot of my shows i get worse download numbers if i have a guest which i always thought was interesting I don't know. Some people just like to hear ranting, you know, and some people like to hear interviews. So we have the interview portion with Mondays and then, you know, John's interview is Friday, but it's, um, the problem is, and I, and this, you know, kind of getting back to what we're trying to achieve is reaching outside of our bubble. And, you know, it's great to talk to our bubble and, and what we try to do with the show is get people information, you know, like I do current events and, and, and I do my bar talk segments of how to explain, you know, difficult issues. If you're just talking to somebody at a bar, um, but trying to get through to the other level and attract more people is the problem. You know, it's like, it's hard trying to speak to the same audience all the time because you do get a little bit frustrated, especially with libertarians, man, because we tear each other down nonstop and it's really fucking aggravating. Mm -hmm. Like you have people get driven out of the movement. Like they'll, they'll stick a toe in, right? Maybe they listen to one of my shows or they listen to felony Friday or whatever it might be. And they go, okay, this is an interesting concept. Let me take a shot. They come in. Then they see, like, they, maybe they join a forum and they, uh, they express an opinion that's not the exact opinion that a libertarian would have that's read, you know, the fucking, every Rothbard book and read, uh, you know, man, man, the economy and whatever, you know, dare they step out of that colored line, they get attacked. And then they go, fuck this shit. These people are assholes and they leave. Mm -hmm. And you've got all these purist libertarians that don't seem to understand that. All they want to do is make sure that the message is so ultra pure. And granted, I ripped Joe Jorgensen for this because she's killing way outside the lines. But as a culture of libertarianism, we need to be more accepting. We need to learn to like teach people and welcome you. Like, yeah, I see what you're saying, but here's why you may think a different way. Instead of being like, you're a goddamn idiot, go kill yourself. <laughs> you can't have two people in the same room like agree on everything i mean anybody who's married yeah. knows that so how can a political party i'll be you know what, what is the definition of pure libertarian what, what the heck does that even mean right and you're seeing the democrats i mean look if we want a lesson look at the democrats tearing themselves apart every day tearing themselves apart if, if there's any time we're going to make inroads now, it's when we see Democrats cancel culture, we see uh, the Republicans with the anti-Trumpers. Now would be the time if we're going to make some inroads as libertarians, not in the voting percentage, but as far as making gains culturally, intellectually, now's the time to advance that. You know, we're seeing debt that like we've never seen before. We're seeing lockdowns, people forced to stay home, businesses fucking closing now is not the time to be a purist. Now is the time to try to make connections and try to make inroads with people because if we can actually get enough people on our side, like on, just on the little things, maybe you influence the next GOP candidate. 
It might not be libertarian, but maybe you influence the, way, the next way somebody's thinking where they don't vote the same way or they don't act the same way. And once you get that culture going, then maybe we have a shot. Absolutely. So let me ask you, Brian, were you, uh, was your job, your day job affected by uh, COVID? By the government decisions to COVID, I should say? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so it, I do public relations. Uh, we definitely got impacted heavily a lot because a lot of my business, we, I'm in LA, obviously. So I work with a lot of visual effects houses. I work with a lot of entertainment industries, advertising industries, um, as well as a lot of nonprofits. And so the nonprofits, fortunately, we've been able to keep a couple. But a lot of the men, you know, if people are laid off and people aren't making money, they're not giving money. So we had one client that just, they you know, couldn't afford us. Um, my visual effects houses, clients all shut down for, you know, months and months. Hopefully they're coming back. So, I mean, yeah, I was directly affected in that if my clients are making money, they're not paying me. And during any recession, the first thing people cut is public relations, which is idiotic. That makes no sense because if anything, you should spend more on messaging. But yeah, I was, uh, I was pretty screwed. I mean, how about yourself, man? I, um, I took a break, not because I had to. I've actually been independent for a long time. But uh, when everything went digital, I, I've been doing financial planning for a while. And uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys who likes to shake someone's hand and, you know, kneecap to kneecap across the desk from each other. And everybody <laughs> went virtual. I'm like, well, I don't like this. And here I am on a podcast yeah. on, on Zoom. So as I'm speaking, I'm kind of like <laughs> saying contradictory to what I'm, my profession is. But, I, you know, I, I took the time the last three months to really learn this stuff. I, I've been wanting to do podcasting for years and uh, uh, shows like you. And, and I know I'll call him your buddy because he says the same thing. Jason Stapleton kind of inspired me. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we are, we are friends, yeah. Okay. So he said, he said um, you know, you got to control the source of your income. So I've been like, okay, I want to take that philosophy to heart and really learn some new skills. So I've been learning editing and video recording and affiliate that's marketing. Great, so that's what I've been doing. No, that's awesome. I mean, and, and that is important. I think, honestly, I think anybody should – Learn video editing is great. There's a lot of free tools, audio editing, same thing. But no, Jason's right. And yes, we are actually friends, good friends now. But um, <laughs> no, he is right. It, he's got a new book like Nomadic Wealth Out. And uh, it's all about like creating your own income streams. And like, you know, we had even guys on our show talking about this stuff before. And, uh, and I know Mark is trying to do a little bit more of that, you know, as far as getting into creating your own income and getting out of the kind of corporate structure of depending on someone else you know as libertarians it makes a lot of sense for us to do that you know we want to be independent in our lives why not control your own income and also you know we're talking about just the dependence on uh, you know banking and the governments and everything else that falls like the fed getting it fucking involved in like you could make a ton of money and then the fed just undercuts you you know we're looking at massive inflation down the road right now so no i think what you're doing is very smart and then also um you know when we talk about just like I don't know, you know, dealing with COVID and I know there's a lot of people out there and a lot of libertarians, oddly enough, maybe you become more libertarian by driving a truck, but I have a lot of listeners that are truck drivers, <laughs> like a lot, like a lot, but there's a lot of libertarians out there that are not necessarily, you know, leading the way as far as entrepreneurs and business owners. And it's interesting in that, I can't remember if it was Jason who said this on our podcast or something else, but I would love to see more people take a little bit of a chance. And obviously now is a difficult time to do it, but to try to be that story that we can look to as libertarians and say, look, we have all these business leaders, you know, we have all these people doing it out there. 
Um, you know, it, it's not just that we're relying on somebody else and we're, and we're complaining about taxation is theft, but we're creating companies, you know, we're creating income, we're creating new businesses and new ways of thinking out there. And you know, libertarians as a whole, I think are vastly intelligent. You know, maybe this is a little bit of wank wank on our, on our own selves, but I wouldn't say this if it wasn't true. And if I didn't think it, the libertarians I've talked to are all very intelligent. Mm -hmm. I, I rarely meet a, a very stupid libertarian because it's not an easy philosophy to, to, uh, to adopt without doing a little bit of research and reading. You have to have some intellectual heft behind it. We've got so many intelligent people, we need to start creating and, and not just creating for ourselves, but creating for others where people can engage and say, wow, this is a life-changing thing. This guy did it on his own without the government. And, and this is a, a story we can tell. I mean, in my public relations career, having a story to tell is the most important thing you can have a success story. You know, look at this, look at that. Like Jason Stapleton is a great example. A dude is out there fucking doing it, man. Like he's, since I've become friends with him, he's inspired me to get, to try to do more on my own because he's hustling, making money, creating businesses. And I'm like, why am I not doing this shit too? And everybody out there needs to do that because how can we preach the concepts of freedom and individual and liberty and all this shit if we're just sitting around doing nothing, you know, working shit jobs, uh, we've got no stories to tell. We've got no heroes to point to. We need our leaders out there. They're carrying the flag. We can go, look at all these people, man. Look at all these fucking people. Like the left's got a, a, a monopoly right now, it seems, on the leaders in tech and all these other things. They've got the Bezoses, who are they hate. Hilarious, they hate them. Mm -hmm. But they've got all these people on the left in tech that are changing people's lives. They can look and say, oh, he's, you know, all these Democratic guys, oh, they're so smart, they're so, so amazing. Where's that for libertarians, man? We're too smart not to have them. Right. So I'm, I'm tossing up uh, this, uh, this ideology of becoming very wealthy, as Stapleton always says, you know, the more wealth you have, the more freedom you have. But I'm also yeah. just looking at getting out of this uh, system and just becoming an agorist, you know, just kind of living off mm -hmm. the grid and, you know, doing my own thing. So, <laughs> yeah, I, that always goes well for people that are big into finance. You're like, all right, uh, I was good in finance. Now I'm going to go on the land you're just throwing tomatoes at the ground you're like that's our tomato plant and uh, well it's giving you, you shit you know that's the, <laughs> that's the hardest thing for me because i've done 14 years in financial services in the fiat money system and yeah. uh, the more I, I study about economics and the more i study about how just ridiculous this system is i can't in good conscience tell people yeah why don't you put money away in your 401k or check out this investment yeah. because you know, what, what, the common question I have around people in the libertarian circle is, well, what if the dollar collapses? And I'm like, um, um, yeah. you know, I don't have an answer for them. Man, I, I am unbelievably concerned about that myself. Uh, the dollar collapse is something I used to talk about on the show a lot, got away from it. And now it's hard not to come back to, especially with the rise of digital currencies, where, you know, you've got China with the digital yuan, you've got, uh, or yuan, you've got Russia developing a currency like why if they've got these things why would they tether themselves and maybe we still got enough power to keep it there but yeah it's a terrifying concept i mean absolutely terrifying that's why again it worthwhile to diversify your portfolio you know peter schiff's always talking up gold forever that's kind of his thing but yeah diversifying gold and it's hard honestly it's hard not to buy into the stock market right now because while we're on this ride while the fed's pumping it up while people are still fucking pushing all this shit and you've got, you've got the Fed literally buying stocks. It's hard not to say buy stocks if you got the money, but it's going to fall down eventually. Right. You know, it's funny because uh, 
I had an interest for podcasting a long time ago. And in the financial world, when you have financial licenses, you have lots of compliance. So then you can't yeah. say certain things. I can't give any kind of financial advice on a podcast. I can't give any kind of investment advice. And I agree with you. Now would be the time to buy in if you got the money, right? Yeah. But I, I have yeah. to give you the disclosure, you know, uh, future past performance doesn't equal future results, you know, and it's like, oh, I, without I, a doubt. I don't want to do any of that kind of stuff. So I'm just like, you know, what? I'll just talk. Uh, philosophy. I'll just talk. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk basic well, concepts, but keep away from I'll, all that other stuff. Yeah, he, Michael's not giving you advice. I'm giving you advice. If you have money, look at what the government is going to prop up right now, and look at what. Uh, here you go. Here's what you invest in when it's down: sin stocks and airlines. That's it. And sin stocks include fucking places like the Cheesecake Factory, which I bought into. United Airlines, I bought into. Like these are things that are not going to go away. Vegas. If you want to buy into Vegas. Biden in Vegas, because that's never going away. I don't care what the currency is. Once this shit, this COVID shit's gone, people are going to go in droves to spend money. There you go. That's my tips. Well, it's funny you bring up Vegas because um, I've been there a few times. It's just a crazy place. People spend their lives mm -hmm. inside those casinos, and they don't even know what's going on in the world. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember around 9-11, you know, this was 20 years ago, but you go in there and people like for three days, they don't even know that 9-11 took place because they're just busy <laughs> putting coins in a machine or whatever. It's they're like, yelling, okay. they're yelling, double down on 11. And people are like, my God, man, you want us to, you want us to be attacked again? Right. <laughs> so, you know, on November 4th, when, uh, you know, the election doesn't go the way people want, they're just going to be in the casinos and everything else is going to be burning. But, you know, the casinos will still thank, be making thank money. Thank God. I hope everybody's in the casino, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm worried about about uh, the aftermath. I mean, it is that that conundrum of uh, number one. I think Trump's going to win uh, in a landslide. Just FYI. But I think um, yeah, it's interesting. Like a lot of people looking at who to vote for, and most of the people that are going to vote for Trump are not necessarily in the big cities. But I think he's going to get a large portion of the black vote, which people don't want to acknowledge, especially uh, men. A large portion of Latino vote, and just in general, a large portion of votes where people aren't going to be honest about it. But at the same time, like. A, when you have this scenario where you go, okay, if Biden doesn't win, there's probably gonna be all these assholes rioting and burning and looting in the streets again. So I wonder if there is a portion of the population that will vote Biden just to say, I don't want to deal with it. Or if that same portion is saying, I want this, this whole rioting thing put down immediately. I don't care how violently it's put down. I'm voting Trump. And I know people that have told me they are voting Trump exactly for that reason. Yeah, then you have candidates, well, former candidates like Hillary Clinton uh, telling Biden not to concede no matter what happens yeah. and, 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 and blackmailing us saying, that, you know, we will be rioting if, uh, you know, mm -hmm. if Trump takes it away. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that, absolutely insane. That's why the agorists have a point when they say, just get the heck out of the cities, go live on a land, go buy some property. My wife and I are trying to buy some property up in Wisconsin because, uh, you know, I'm out in the suburbs of Chicago. It's not, it's not too bad out here, but, you know, it, yeah. it, it has come to our neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I saw like the, uh, and, that, and again, this, this all plays into Trump's, Trump's uh, hands. The idiots that want to go through, like any, like protesters don't understand, like they, they, I don't know why they don't think this through. Anytime you block a, a roadway, every person not using that roadway is now voting for Trump. <laughs> uh, if you go into a suburb and march through the suburb, throwing rocks through people's windows <laughs> and waking them up, like I, I don't know if it was Illinois or some other, you know, I think it was maybe... Portland or somewhere else, these asshole Black Lives Matters protesters are walking around at two in the morning with bullhorns in the suburbs where nothing had happened, waking people up, yelling, and they know they're predominantly white neighborhoods, yelling, 
hey, wake up, white people. You got to wake up. How does that convert everybody? How does that convert anybody? I mean, and just look back to libertarianism for a second. That's kind of what I think about when I talk about, you know, we always push this taxation is theft uh, concept. And, we had, and across the lines of liberty, we took it a step farther with taxation is death, which I actually think is a more pertinent way to, to talk about it. Because when you go up to somebody, you say taxation, taxation is theft. They go, ah, shut up. You know, libertarian bullshit. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. It's not effective in converting people. Taxation is death. More effective. Number one, because they probably haven't heard it before. And again, trademark. No, just kidding. We can't do this. <laughs> turns. But you've probably haven't heard it before. And also, it's much easier to go on that concept. Like taxation is theft. You people go, oh, well, this and that and the other. Oh, well, how do you say it's theft? You're using the roads, using all these other things. Okay, well, whatever. You get into a big fucking conversation. Taxation is death. They go, how is it death? Let me tell you, I got a million ways to tell you. I've got a million wars to point to to tell you. I've got a million uh, uh, cop shootings of innocent people to tell you. I've got death row inmates that were innocent put to death to tell you. I've got a million ways to explain how taxation has led to death, especially with the wars right now. So I think that's a much easier way for us to own that concept to convert people than taxation is theft. Yeah, I like that. I mean, we try to explain that taxation is actually, ex, you know, extortion and all that stuff. And it's like, you got to start at the basics, right? But uh, right, yeah. I, I like what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, trying to explain the, the nuance of why it's theft and how they're taking from you and how if you own your own money, fine. Okay, difficult. You can do it. Very simple. When taxation is theft, a death, very simple to explain how our money is being taken and used to kill people and how it's affecting us. And we look at the, you know, the terrorists, we look at uh, how many wars we've been in and, and how they just are, are never ending. And we say, who do you think's paying for that? <laughs> you know, the government's not going door to door selling Girl Scout cookies. That's your money, man. That's your money killing people. Do you like that or not? Absolutely. So we believe we got it on record that Brian thinks that Trump's going to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. And I agree that Joe Jorg's going to get 1%. I don't think she's going to crack it. And I think the messaging is, is horrible and partially to blame. Right, exactly. And we got it on, on record that uh, the Libertarian Party is just complete crap when it comes to marketing and stuff like that. So being a marketing 100%. master that you are, a professional, you know, what, uh, what advice do you have going forward? What would you do? What would you say? Well, it, my marketing advice going forward, you know, it, honestly, Libertarians have to get back to uh, really sticking to principles because we've seen that it doesn't work. As I was saying, catering to trending woke bullshit doesn't work. You need to get back to the principles. We need to point to the fact that we've been right about so many fucking things. We've been right about the wars. We've been right about even gay marriage and gay equality. The Libertarian Party is the only party that's supported that forever. We've been right about the spending and the deficits. We've been right about refusing lockdowns. And every time all these reports, now the World Health Organization has come out and said, lockdowns are a bad idea, should be avoided. Libertarians have been right on so many things. We need to start owning these things. And we're not, instead we're pandering to wokeness. If we can start letting people know, look, we've been around since the 60s. Here's all the things we predicted. Here's all the things that we're right about. Here's all the things that have come back to us. And here's all the things that have been ruining America and impacting your lives that we have wanted the opposite of. Maybe then we can start waking people up. It can't be fucking pandering to Black Lives Matter. It can't be pandering to, uh, to whatever you know, the, the cause du jour might be being a party of principle and letting people know that we have been there as space Ghost said that is old kentucky shark and he has been there (laughs) that's a reference seven people will get but that's the key to victory and so far they have done a fucking piss poor job of it absolutely 
absolutely. Well, Brian, you know, I don't know much more about you, but uh, it's been a fun conversation, you know. I, uh, I encourage, Thank you. I encourage my listeners to tune into Alliance of Liberty and check your show out. It's every Wednesday, right? It's every single Wednesday, yeah, Electric Liberty Land. And, uh, yeah, go like and follow Do Nothing Man. I promise there's another episode coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. You said before that uh, your audience goes down when you actually have a guest. Now, I'm the opposite way. I, I, I find myself sitting behind a microphone and ranting and just being like, I don't know what to say. So I don't know. Yeah, if I, I don't script. I don't, I, as you can tell, I don't have that problem, man. It's, you know, it's, I remember Owen will, or uh, Owen Benjamin was on my show. He's got to look, a little crazy. He's off the rails now, but he was on my show one time and he said, you know, man, you stick a nickel in me and I just go. And I, I found that that is basically how I operate now. I, I just go, especially after I've had a couple of, uh, you know, little, uh, little beers for my Eagles who lost, but it was entertaining. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, very cool. I appreciate you coming on. It's been fun. Thank you for having me, sir. And uh, I, I, you didn't ask me if I was Invictus. Oh, that's true. Well, do you know what that word oh, even terrible, means? Br- terrible branding on your own show, man. Jesus uh, Christ. Well, you know what? I Thanks do. So- I do. Because I, I had to look it up. I was an, I'm an English major. And I even I was like, what the fuck? Invictus. What the fuck is that? Yeah, I, I looked it up. <laughs> All right. Well, so you just prompted me to tell a future story. Okay, a future story or a now story? A now story, I guess, for the future. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm only done 44. I can, soul, I can see why your solo shows don't go great. <laughs> I've only done 40 of these shows, so whatever. <laughs> it takes 300 to get your, your role going, no worries. Well, exactly. So I named my show Invictus, and, you know, I, uh, I put the idea out there, and, and, and Pete Raymond, he's like, he thought I was talking about Augustus Invictus, I guess, who's some kind of um, – what is he, an alt-right character or something like that? He's like, oh, it's Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. He's like, it's too bad you call it Invictus because, uh, you know, people are going to think Augustus Invictus, you know, the, uh, the alt-right guy. I'm like, who the heck is that? But exactly. I, no, I don't think people are going to think that, by the way. <laughs> I, I had this idea for Invictus years ago. I, you know, in my sales professional, I, I developed teams and stuff, and, and Invictus mm. means unconquerable, right? It means okay, that, yeah, that, see, I, exactly. I know that now. <laughs> So that means that uh, no system, no government, no idea is going to get me to stop who I am and pushing forward. Yeah. So Isn't Invictus one of the Nexium uh, cult programs? Did you start that? Well, I'll take credit for it, but I didn't start it. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, so I started asking people earlier in the show if they were Invictus, but then I just like, I left it on my prep sheet that I gave you. And I, I never do ask people that because I, I, I'm still trying to find a direction of this show. Like, I, I like to talk yeah. to entrepreneurs. I like to talk to, you know, Christian minded people. I like to talk to libertarians, but I don't have a desired audience. So, you know, Invictus is just this thought, this all, you know, all covering thought of, you know, no one's going to bring me down. No system's going to hurt me. And uh, I think that most libertarians and, and for that matter, most personalities, you know, they, they want to go out there and just be like, this is me. I don't care what they say about me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to push forward. I think it's a great man. No, like once I, uh, when I, like I said, I looked it up and I think it's a great concept. I, a lot of people probably don't know what it is, but that's a good thing again, because in a way, something that people don't understand and have to look up, they might be intrigued more by it than turned away. And um, no, I think the concept it completely aligns with libertarianism and a lot of things. Like you said, business, finance, your personal life, whatever it is, unconquerable is a, is a concept that everybody should embrace, especially now in what we're dealing with. And, you know, I think most people, in life, I find this in myself and in the else. Like I'm a very confident person, but I find myself at certain times. The only time I'm I, I can't move forward is if I don't have 
a plan in place or I can't puzzle out exactly what the way forward would be. But at the same time, you know, you have to say, look, believe in yourself, whatever the circumstances are you're facing, you cannot be conquered by them. Find a way out, find a, a way out of the, the puzzle box, the maze, the trap that the government's laid for you. So no, I think it's a very good concept, man. I, appreciate um, that. I think you're on the right track. And I wish you uh, all the utmost luck and success in this podcast, unless you become bigger than ours. In that case, I hope you feel miserable. Oh, great. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> I've got Jason Stapleton on the show in a couple of weeks. I got, I'm interviewing him. And uh, he well, read tell him that, I said he's a dick. Uh, all right, I'll do so. Actually, it's funny because right when I started doing this podcast and I, I wanted to come up with the name Invictus Mind, he goes on his show and he reads the poem Invictus. So now <laughs> he, probably, he, he probably thinks I copied off of him. I'm be like, no, no, I had that idea way before you mentioned that in your podcast. So. You probably inspired him, man. But that's, hey, that's, that's what a good businessman does. He takes from other people and takes their good ideas. <laughs> All right. Hey, man, you, you want to plug anything else besides your podcast? Anything else going on? Any, any major events? Anything? Uh, yeah. Well, there's no major events right now. But yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, listen to Lines of Liberty. Our three show format you already talked about is fantastic. Uh, spread the show, share the show, talk about it is awesome. Um, I mentioned my other show, Bravo and Beer, which is non-political. So if people want just a break from politics and you do watch reality, or even if you don't watch reality TV, these trash shows like 90 Day Fiance, uh, The Real Housewives, Below Deck, this, these garbage shows. We get drunk, we crap on them and talk about them. And it's actually very, very fun and very funny. Um, check that out, Bravo and Beer. Otherwise, that's it, man. I, I uh, you know, at Brian McWilliams at Twitter, at Lions of Liberty. Uh, I wish I had some live events to, to push. Like I was supposed to be at uh, the Young Americans for Liberty event, but that got canceled. We usually have events in LA, but what are you, you going to do? Shit, shit. Well, my brother's going to be moving to California, so I'll have to go out there more often. So I hope that one day I can yeah. meet you and some of the guys out there and whatever. So, Hit me up, buddy. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Mike. Again, sorry for the early scheduling, but you probably got a more raw and entertaining Brian McWilliams anyway. Good enough for me. So thanks a lot. Cheers, have bro. a good one. Bye-bye. I want to thank Brian for coming on the program today. I also want to thank all you great listeners out there. I do have three confirmed guests for upcoming weeks. So tune in and remember to always be productive, be learning new stuff, and be free. Later. <laughs>